0: Welcome back to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess, part of Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Today's guest is Marcy Adelston Schaefer, a local activist, but that title doesn't even come close to covering how much Marcy means to this community. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Elizabeth. As Always. always, you rock. I love your catchphrase. Let's start with all the groups with which you are affiliated. I know about Ben the Arc, but tell me some of the other ones.
1: Well, as you mentioned, I am affiliated with Ben the Arc, Champaign-Urbana. I'm the political liaison, and I'm also the lead for the elections Get Out the Vote action team. I'm also with the Champaign County Democrats. I'm a precinct committee person. I also chair their voter registration and political education committee. I helped organize the Champaign County Democrats collaborative Get Out the Vote effort for the 2020 election, along with Anne and Bush, Shauna Martell, and Jeanette Watts, and a host of others, actually. I also have been Cindy Cunningham's volunteer coordinator when she was the Democratic nominee for state representative in the Illinois 104, both in 2018 and 2020. I also helped create and organize the Champaign County Blue Canvas, a group that independently organized to um, the local Democratic campaigns to collaborate prior to the local party doing it. I canvassed and phone banked for Elizabeth Warren's campaign during the primary before COVID. I helped organize CUP, Champagne, urbana Progressives, along with Jeannie Covert and Linda Baer. I'm the representative for Bend the Arc CU for the Indivisible Illinois State Leaders Group, and I also just currently became CU Indivisible's representative also. I'm the deputy chair of the Indivisible Illinois Rural Group, and that stems out of the leaders group. I also lead a weekly Saturday phone bank for the Indivisible Illinois Rural Group that calls constituents in different congressional districts to ask them to call their member of Congress to tell them to vote on a certain legislation. And currently, we are phone banking in the Illinois 13th, which is the district that you and I live in. I am also the primary administrator for the Facebook group and public Facebook page for ISCU, the Immigrant Services of Champaign-Urbana, which is formerly CU Fair. I am also one of two delivery coordinators for a very small food pantry in town that is run by a consortium of churches. Can I put in a little word for individual activism? Please do. Don't be afraid to get out there and fight for something. Anybody can be an activist. Personally, I'm nobody. I just feel the need to get things changed. And you all can do something. It just takes one person. It always only takes one person. And then another person joins you and another person joins you. And pretty soon there's a whole bunch of you.
0: I need you to never say I'm nobody ever again, because we are ridiculously lucky to have you and you're so modest. So thank you for everything that you're doing. I want to say that in advance. I'm guessing you didn't just wake up one day recently and decide you wanted to be part of change and improve life. Can you trace back to your activism roots?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not only my activism roots, but also my organizer roots. By the way, I have always been an organizer. When I was a kid, I was an organizer, even before I was a political organizer. I personally am a list nerd. You know what a list nerd is, likes to look at lists, likes to make lists, all that stuff. And from the time I was nine years old, I felt the most fun thing about having a party was planning and organizing the party. The party itself was not that much fun. Planning it, especially making the list for it, that was the best part. So I did that from the time I was nine. But the first time I was a political activist was in junior high school. In the early 70s, the women's movement was in full force. And I was angry that my junior high in Joliet made girls take home ec and boys take shop. I thought we should all be able to choose. And I took it as far as the principal's office. Well, nothing changed. I was alone to center. And some of the boys in the class harassed me for doing this. So I figured that no one was listening until my 35-year high school reunion, believe it or not. My husband, Bob, and I were sitting at a table with some of my junior high, high school acquaintance friends, and out of the blue, one of them told Bob that your wife it was a real inspiration to us in junior high. And I said, what are you talking about, Marsha? And then she said, the reason several of us got the courage to complain to the administration and then start a protest about the junior high cafeteria food was because you were an activist and that encouraged us to do it. I honestly had no idea. I had no idea. The moral to the story is if you want to try to change something, go for it. You may not be successful, but you may inspire others along the way and not even know it. By the way, the women's movement helped pave the way for people like our daughter, Tracy, to become an environmental chemist. She is Dr. Tracy Schaefer, Ph.D. Take that, Wall Street Journal editorial board. Ha ha. But anyway, fast forward. I was a U of I student. During that time, in 1980, President Carter restarted draft registration. I was worried, as were many others that the draft would soon follow. And I saw that the Strap the Draft group was forming. And so I joined it. And actually that's where my husband, Bob and I met. I also joined DRA Coalition. I also joined Abortion Rights Coalition. And actually Esther Pat was the Abortion Rights Coalition chair at the time. That's where I first met her. And by the mid eighties, though so my activism kind of went dormant for several decades. That happens sometimes. I mean, it's not that I feel that way. I just was too lazy to be an activist. You know, marriage, I went back to school, started a career, I had and raised a child. You know, I would occasionally donate to a cause. I sometimes participate in a rally, but nothing major. But then two events happened, one right after another, to focus me on activism to an even greater extent than in the past. The first thing is, in October 2016, I retired. And then the second one was in November of 2016, Donald Trump was elected president. These events gave me both the time and the desire to be an activist and an organizer.
0: Let's talk about the May 8th National Day of Action for H.R. 4, the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act. What is being done here locally as part of that?
1: There are several groups involved in planning the local event. So far, the local chapters of these groups that are involved are Ben-The-Arc Champaign-Urbana, also the local NAACP. Delta Sigma Theta, League of Women Voters, and Moms Demand Action. We are planning votercades, which are actually motorcades. The vehicles will drive through town with signs and banners and decorations touting HR4 and the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act, as well as HR1S1, the For the People Act. Everyone will be congregating in the parking lot of Country Fair Shopping Center by 1 p.m. For those who have bullhorns, if you could bring those, we would really appreciate as many as possible. We would also like tech-savvy tweeters, Instagrammers, Facebook live streamers to show up because we could really use those skills. We will then have vehicles going slowly two different routes so that as many people in town will be able to see the vehicles. Our final destination will be the parking lot at Lincoln Square Mall in Urbana. That is where we will all listen to speakers. We'll have a voter registration table, and we will take advantage of food trucks being there and just have a great time. If you are a little hesitant to be around others, you can participate in your vehicle. You don't have to get out. If you have friends that don't have vehicles, you can carpool as long as everyone's been fully vaccinated in the car, you and the other people. Please wear a mask and social distance. Even if you have been vaccinated, others may not have been.
0: This was all initiated because voter rights are under attack right now. What can we personally do to make elections available and fair to all?
1: In Illinois, first of all, we have been lucky to have the state legislature and governor that we have in the past year or so they have passed several laws to encourage voting, for example, made drop boxes permanent, expanded early voting, vote by mail, to name a few. In other states, they are not so lucky. The legislature saw what an incredible turnout they had in 2020, and what did they decide? Let's not let that happen again. So instead, some states like Georgia and Iowa have already passed restrictive voter suppression laws and other states are working on them. Stacey Abrams has called this the new Jim Crow. Now, first in Illinois, we can push our US reps to vote for HR4, the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act, This bill not only rebuilds the part of the 1965 Voting Rights Act that SCOTUS took out in 2013, it updates it so that the states that have recent voter suppression issues would have to go through the DOJ for approval before changing their voting laws to make sure that the proposed bills are not suppressing the vote. The second thing you can do is a bigger hurdle. Democrats in Congress are for all these bills, for the most part. The Republicans, by and large, are not. I don't know why. But the U.S. House is under Democratic control now and only needs an up or down majority vote. But the U.S. Senate is a different story. Not only is it 50-50, with Vice President Harris being potential tiebreaker, but also any senator can delay a vote by threatening to filibuster. The U.S. Senate glossary defines a filibuster as the informal term for any attempt to block or delay Senate action on a bill or other matter by debating it at length, by offering numerous procedural motions, or by any other delaying or obstructive actions. Here's the kicker. Unless there are 60 votes to stop it, these delays can go on to perpetuity. If the dissenters choose, they can just keep going. So even if all of the Democratic senators were ready to vote yes for a bill, and Vice President Harris was ready to broker a potential tie, the Republicans may just block a vote from ever happening. So the filibuster needs to go in order to be able for any of these voting rights bills to be passed. So call your senators and ask them to vote to get rid of the filibuster. It used to be rarely used, and now it's rampant. It's time has passed. It's archaic. After you tell them to get rid of the filibuster, then ask your senator to vote for S-1 before the People Act. It passed the House as H.R. 1. This bill has a plethora of good things in it. It does things like expanding voter registration, stopping voter purges, expanding voter access so we have a 15-day minimum nationwide early voting period that allows no-excuse absentee voting. It restores the right to vote for people with felony convictions. By the way, it makes presidential candidates show their tax returns. It also gets rid of gerrymandering, too. You mentioned H.R. 151, the D.C. statehood. That just passed the House. It needs to pass the Senate so people can have a voting member of Congress and two senators who live in D.C. And actually, D.C. has more people in it than several states do, including like Wyoming and Alaska. So that's what we can do. We can tell our senators to vote for H.R. 51, the D.C. statehood act, and we can tell our representative to vote for H.R. 4.
0: You are the perfect person to ask this question, and I've always wanted to know it. When we say, call your senators, email your senators, we are so lucky to have Senator Durbin and Senator Duckworth. However, Texas has awful senators and Florida has awful senators. Are those the senators you want us to call, or do you want us to call our own to put pressure on them, to put pressure on their colleagues?
1: You know what? Our senators need to be called because they need to know that those of us that want these in their ballpark. They keep hearing calls from people who are against them. So we need to call them to say we're for them. Now, as far as calling other senators, we have phone banks, voters to call their senators. We need to have other voters call their senators. If you have family or friends that live in Georgia or Arizona or Florida, have them call their senators and their members of Congress. Well, actually, our member of Congress, we should call too. (laughs) But we really definitely need to tell our senators how we feel so then they know that we're in their ballpark too.
0: You have your fingerprints on a lot of the local groups that are part of this local action initiated by Ben the Arc, the NAACP, League of Women's Voters, Moms Demand Action, Delta Sigma Theta. You mentioned those. Who else personally should we be talking about and thanking in this effort locally?
1: There's individuals from those groups that are working on this. Stacy Gloss and I are the at-large organizers, but Minnie Pearson, Benjamin Beaupre, Diane and Rob Orr, Terry Marr, Jeannie Covert, Marcy Goldstein, Jen Roth, Cindy Cunningham, Peggy Sachs, Kim Roberson, Gail Hudson-Hankins, Jenny Putman, Anne Prisland, Karen Fresco, and Sarah Tully so far have all been working on this.
0: Let's talk about the motorcade again. May 8th, it's from 1 to 3. What is the ultimate goal of getting people together for this?
1: We want to protect voters' rights. The overarching goal nationally is to make the public aware that voter suppression laws are being debated and passed in legislators throughout the country. In Illinois, We are not immune from voter suppression. Right now, even though the legislature is really good, like I said, we have Republicans in our legislature, just like federally, that are proposing all these voter suppression laws. And if they were in charge, and they could be at some point, who knows what would happen. So to combat this, we all have to take to the streets in a COVID-safe manner and also call and email our members of Congress to tell them to protect everybody's right to vote and by demanding that they pass both HR1 and S1.
0: This synchronized effort nationally on May 8th is something that, if possible, we'd like the whole country to be doing this at the same time because that's the way to get everyone's attention. How do we make that happen?
1: We all need to meet together at 1 p.m. Central Time in the parking lot of Country Fair Shopping Center in Champaign on the corner of Madison-Springfield. We will then Decorate our vehicles. We'll be using blue painter's tape and organizing which vehicles go to which route. That is the time that all of these actions around the country will be taking place from 2 p.m. Eastern to 11 a.m. Pacific. We will need people to show up who live stream to the national Facebook live stream. That is the beauty of synchronizing this. All of the actions nationwide will be streamed concurrently into the same place. By the way, we could also use tweeters to come to tweet out the play-by-play. And welcome any donations of bottled water, blue painter's tape, poster boards, streamers, markers, or other fun vehicle decorations. The national group will be sending us a banner and buttons and some posters for vehicles, but I'm not quite sure how many they're going to be sending. So we really want all those so we can make the cars look fun and everyone will look.
0: You make me want to make a sarcastic comment about handing out water if we'll get in trouble, but we're okay so far in the state of Illinois, right?
1: Yes. And actually, a couple of us were thinking about that, too. Maybe we put little pieces of paper on the bottles of water saying, if you were standing in line in Georgia to vote, we would not be allowed to do this or we would go to jail.
0: Unbelievable. You mentioned Benjamin Beaupre, and I know a lot of people are very Facebook savvy and they are on Twitter a lot. So if people are reluctant to get out of their car or if they are not going to show up or they have to work or there can't be part of this, they should watch anyway and comment and then make calls afterwards and be motivated to help people that couldn't be there, Right.
1: Yes, they definitely should. There's going to be a national broadcast on Facebook Live at 11 a.m. that day. That's going to go for two hours. And you really should watch that. And then if you can participate in the local action, you should say, for example, you don't have a vehicle and really can't ask anybody to ride with or whatever because of COVID. You can at least come to Lincoln Square afterwards because, like I said, we're going to have speakers, we're going to have food trucks there, we're going to have a voter registration table. Do what you can with it.
0: CU Indivisible is a great organization and you are constantly posting of events and it is a great catch-all of all of the things going around in the area. If I want to get involved or I want to see what's going on and I can get my activism on on a weekend, I have some downtime, where's the best place to look or who should I talk to to get involved?
1: If you want to get involved in, let's say, one of these groups that are organizing this, if you want to just email ben the Arc at Hineni CU. H-I-N-E-N-I-C-U at gmail.com. And you can say, hey, I want to get involved in the NAACP. We will make sure and forward that to them. Please definitely let us know. If you are on Facebook, there are so many groups that not only I, but many people post all these events in. Now, CUP, the Champagne urbana Progressives, that's exactly what we do. We post events. Anytime there's an event coming on, you probably should look at CUP.
0: All right, Marcy, I have to ask, and you know I always have to ask. Let's say that you are suddenly a congressperson. You are either in the Senate or the House, and you have one shot to pass one law that means the most to you. And it could be pie in the sky, abolish the Second Amendment. It could be no one can ever make laws against abortion again. What is your one thing that you feel the most passionately about if you can pass your law today?
1: You know, actually... HR1 1, S1, 1, the For the People Act, if we don't pass that, nothing else matters. With all of the voter suppression that's going on right now in all these states, there's over 250 voter suppression laws that are being proposed in state legislatures right now. If we do not pass HR1 1, S1, 1, we are done for among everything. That
0: has to be passed. Thank you for listening to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess, part of the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Marcy Adelston Schaefer, we will see you on May 8th and along the campaign trail because I know we're a year and a half away from elections again, but there's so much work to be done. Am I right?
1: Yes, there are. And thank you for having me, Elizabeth. As always, you
0: do really rock. Thanks, Marcy, and stay safe. You too.